What's going on, guys? I am Pat the Pac-Man. Welcome to another episode of Barking for Balance, the podcast where we talk about dogs, but we can talk about anything else that's meant to teach, inspire, and entertain. Today, I want to go over about the responsibility about owning a dog and having a dog far beyond just having to take them out, la putar up cagare, you know, having to feed them, la, la puchada up manchada. It's beyond that. We want to make our dog a happy, uh, ha- we want to make our dogs happy, fulfilled, and well-behaved. And we want them to be, you know, productive members of society, not the negative ones that we always hear about that uh, they're destructive or disruptive. We want them to be, you know, well-behaved, happy, and fulfilled. I also want to talk about the power of why. Answering that question, why? Why do we do things? Why do we want to do things? Why do we want something? You know, when we have that question answered, I feel that it kind of like really keeps us on track as to why we're doing something. Therefore, it keeps us motivated. At least it does for me. And I want to share a little bit about my own feelings about it. So uh, let's dive right into this whole thing. You know, we're going to dive in like a fish and start swimming. Um if you're just joining us for the first time, yes, I do speak Sicilian and I'm going to be throwing in some words. So grab your pen and paper and write down some notes. I'm going to teach you another language. So let's talk about responsibility about owning a dog, having a dog and why we should get a dog. See the power of why it's in there too. But um, why should we have a why, what's Why do you want a dog? I mean, that's the real big question. Why do you want a dog? Well, you have to answer that question sincerely. And I mean, most people want a dog for companionship, for love, you know, whatever the case may be. But why do you want a dog and what are you going to do to make that dog happy, fulfilled and well-behaved? Because everybody wants a well-trained dog. And to be honest with you, I don't really like that because it's really stupid to have a well-trained dog unless they're trained in something specific, you know, protection, um, you know, bomb sniffing, you know, something that's specific. That's a well-trained dog in different air. But I'm talking about the, the typical well-trained dogs that are, you know, know how to sit, stay, lay down. And, you know, they could go off leash and all that, that circus trick bullshit. But in the meantime, they're so destructive and disruptive that, you know, it just, it's just, you know, it's ridiculous. So they're not productive members of society. And that's really what I feel is key to uh, being a responsible uh, dog owner is to be well-trained in dog psychology and dog communication and understand what your dogs need and want in order to be happy, fulfilled, and well-behaved. So we need a well-trained human. And our objective is to create a dog that is happy, fulfilled, and well-behaved. So whether a dog is big or small, and I'm sure you guys have seen this plenty of times where you have a situation where small dogs get treated differently than a bigger dog. They don't have as much structure or, or directions or boundaries or rules in place as a bigger dog would. That's not the case. They should be treated the same. You know, dogs are dogs and they need to have structure. They need to have direction, bounds and limits in place, regardless of the size, regardless of the sex, regardless of the age. They need that kind of structure in, in place to be happy, fulfilled and well-behaved. So they need to know their expectations. You know, they're not just meant for cuddling. They're not just meant for kissing. You know, we talk about the fact that they need uh, structure. They need work. They need mental and physical stimulation. They need rules. They need directions, bounds, and limits. And then they need reward. But the reward is also for us. You know, most of the time, which I've talked about this before, we focus on ourselves. So it's what we are getting from our dogs, but we are not providing them what it is that they need. So, you know, they need basic stuff. It's the work rules, reward, work rules, and then reward formula. That's in a nutshell what they want and what they need, but everything in proportion, everything in balance, all goes back to balance. So, you know, when it comes to 
understanding that a, do a dog is not a doll. If you want a stuffed animal, then, you know, if you want something just to cuddle with, then you just get a stuffed animal, you know, and you can cuddle with that and you can take them to bed and that's it. But, you know, what we should want is we want our dogs to be, um, in addition to everything else, in addition to, to work, in addition to rules, we want them to have proper social skills, you know, proper etiquette, you know, and that's whether it's with humans or with other dogs. So what does that mean? Well, we don't want them to be, you know, harmful to people and other animals. And when I say harmful, I don't mean necessarily that they're just becoming aggressive. They want to bite somebody. No. What I also mean is that they need to know, um, how to approach a situation. So to give you an example, if two dogs are meeting and, you know, that's normal for, you know, you're on a walk and, you know, you want to introduce your dog to your, your, to your, to your neighbor's dog, or you want to, you know, get your dog socialized with people and other dogs. So you want your dog to meet others, people and, and, and dogs or animals in general, but we have to teach our dog how to do so. So, you know, if we approach it where your dog is just, you know, at a level 10 of excitement, and he's just blasting through, you know, running towards this other dog, but this other dog is not realizing or doesn't really care about, you know, how friendly this dog is. He just sees this threat of excitement coming towards him. So what ends up happening is that that other dog is going to snap, growl, maybe bite, maybe pin the dog down, whatever the case may be. And all of a sudden, we're blaming the other dog. Oh, well, you know, my dog was so friendly. He was just coming to say hello. Well, that's what the dog is saying. It's like, I don't know you. Who the hell are you? You're coming at me like this? Slow down, man. You just relax. You know, and that's, that's the problem. Whether that dog is balanced or not, that dog is actually teaching the other dog social skills and proper meeting etiquette. But unfortunately, us as humans, we don't think that way. So when it comes to dogs, we just let them do whatever they want. And I, let me rephrase that. Not we, people, other people, not me. You know, they do, they just let them do whatever they want. So they, they see their dog being so friendly. Oh, they just, he just wants to meet. Oh, Fluffy just wants to meet everybody. He just loves everybody. Listen, your dog is not running for mayor. Okay. Your dog is not running for mayor. Your dog does not need to meet every, everybody. Okay. It is not necessary for your dog to meet everybody that is, is, is on the street. It's not necessary. Now, do I believe in socialization? Of course. But I also believe in the fact that if we're going for a walk with my dog, I don't have to stop every five seconds to meet every single dog that's coming by. It's just not necessary. Part of the walk, let me rephrase that. The purpose of the walk is meant to drain physical and mental energy. So they have to go into a working mode in order for that energy to, to drop, okay? In order for that energy to come down. If they don't go into that working mode, then they go into an excited mode. And now if they're always excited, if they're constantly excited, what's gonna happen is instead of draining energy, we're building energy. It's building, building, building. Then you bring them home and then they blow up and then you wonder why they're going crazy. It's because the walk, however long you were out there for, did not achieve the goal. They never mentally went into that state of draining energy. Okay. They went through an excited state because every five minutes, I mean, like, oh, this is, oh, oh, look at this one. Oh, look at that one. And now all of a sudden it's just constantly growing. Okay. It's like going to the gym. And if you do an exercise and then you're talking to so-and-so for five minutes, and then you do another exercise and you're talking to this guy for 15 minutes, and then you do another exercise, and you're talking to this one for 20 minutes, you know, you could be at the gym for like, you know, two hours, but you're not 
working out for two hours. You're not productive for that two hour period. There's just too many gaps in between, which are disrupting the purpose of what you're there for in the begin to begin with. Gabish. Okay. Fasenso. Does it make sense? So your dog needs to learn that he does not need to meet everybody that comes by people or dogs. It's just not necessary because what ends up happening is, you know, people believe like their dog is just the friendliest dog in the world. And maybe they are, but because their manners are so poor that they just want to meet and they've, they've, they've learned to control and to just get their way that as soon as they see a person or the dog, they get excited. So now they're charging for this other person. Now, the thing I hear often and I see often is, especially if they're off leash, and that's what I was talking about, the whole the trick bullshit. Everybody thinks that their dog needs to be well-trained and you know they have a great recall. So you tell them to come back and they come back. Okay, fine. But if they're not well-behaved, if they don't have social skills and proper etiquette, now when they see another dog or another person, they're just going to go. And all of a sudden, all that other shit just goes out the window. Okay? So- we want our dog to have social skills, to have proper etiquette when meeting. So if they see if you if you're walking down the street and you see this dog coming towards you, your dog, because here, here's the problem. Let me backtrack this for a second. When another dog is trying to meet an, an excited and an, an, an undisciplined dog is trying to meet another dog and they get really excited all the time because that's what their owners taught them. What ends up happening is that you don't know what's on the other side. That dog may just be a scared dog. That dog may be an aggressive dog. That dog may just be like, I just don't want to be bothered. And we have to be respectful of that. You know, when we're on a walk with our dog or even at a park or whatever the case may be, your job is to be there with your dog. Your dog is to be there for whatever purpose it is. If you're in a dog park situation, off leash, running around chasing, that still has, there still has to be social skills and etiquette. You can't just let your dog into a dog park and let them run in and let them run around and jump on other dogs and jump on people and steal toys. That's how you get fights. That's how you get dog fights. So if I'm on a, on a street and I'm walking towards a person that has a dog and I'm saying, okay, you know what? We haven't seen a dog in a long time. Let's meet this dog. The first thing I'm going to look at is what in my, what is what's coming towards me. You know, so if I see a dog that's just really excitable, now I have to understand also what I have on my leash. Now I know that Socks and Pepper are not going to be, um, you know, I'm not going to cause any problems. They're not going to, they're not going to be aggressive. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to attack anybody. But I also understand that if that other dog gets a little rambunctious, Socks, especially Pepper, will correct the way a dog will correct. Now she's not looking to inflict harm, nor she would, but the approach again is that of a dog. So she'll, you know, that's what ends up happening. So that is perceived as, oh my God, well, my dog was just being friendly and your dog is just a bitch. That's, that's what I say to that because your dog came at us very disrespectfully. Your dog entered our space in such a disrespectful fashion, not to mention that your dog was like in front of you, you're holding it back. You know, your dog was so excited. We don't know each other. That's what the, my, the, the dogs are saying to each other. I don't know you. Let's get to know each other before we become friends. You know, we have to give them that time, but we also have to be respectful of the fact that some dogs don't want to fucking be friends. Oh, what you said in Solo, make your solo, Kamala It's better to be alone than a bad company. You know, 
they just don't want to be bothered. They want, they like their pack. Maybe they're protective of their pack, whatever the case may be. I went to, I, when I used to go to dog parks, which I you know don't do anymore. Um, I remember there was a situation. It was a boxer and I went to the dog park and I entered with, uh, with socks. I don't remember if I had pepper yet, but it, I remember that definitely socks was there. So we went into the dog park and of course socks being, you know, after the rehabilitation process, he was friendly with, with people. So he walked up to these people too old. And it was an older couple sitting on the bench and he wasn't doing anything wrong. Like he came in calmly. He didn't jump on anybody, nothing. And in front of them was a boxer that was their boxer sitting there. And now I should have like noticed because he was sitting there just like, you know, in front of them, just like on high alert. And as soon as socks entered their space, this boxer went right after him. And so, I, of course, I diffused the situation. I removed them. And then I started talking to the couple and they were like, oh, well, he just doesn't like when other dogs approach us. He doesn't like when other dogs come near him. Then what the hell are you doing at the dog park, you dumbass? But unfortunately, that's one of the reasons why I don't do the dog parks anymore is because stupid dog owners. But that's neither here nor there. The point of it is that some dogs feel a certain way about other dogs entering their space or their owner space. So why do I have to risk it? Now I understand the, you know, the, the, the rules you ask the owner, is he friendly? Can we meet? Here's the thing. When I'm with my dogs and there's sometimes when I'm just outside, just taking them for a quick bathroom break, you know, I'm in a rush and people are in the same position. You know, they want their dogs to go to the bathroom. Maybe their dogs get really distracted and then they can't go to the bathroom. I don't really have those issues. But what ends up happening is that now you're disrupting the process. You know what I mean? Because you just want to give your dog whatever it is that they want. So we constantly reward your, you're constantly rewarding your dog, even though they shouldn't be, you know? If you, if you go into like New York City, do you say hello to every freaking person that walks by you as you're walking down to your office? You know what I'm saying? It just, it, I, the concept just doesn't make sense. Your dog is not running for mayor. They don't need to meet everybody. You know what I mean? Go on your walk, keep your dog next to you, walk properly. I mean, the, the, the style of walking is just a whole other nightmare. But even if it's just a quick bathroom break when you're out, I don't even have that much structure with it. It's just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's free because it's a short area. It's a short time because it's just a bathroom break. But now I'm in a rush. I'm timing. You know, I got to go to, I got to go on, on a session. I have to get on a call. I, I, I get a manjada. I open it. I got my food ready and I'm hungry. Whatever I'm about to eat, I'm dreaming about it. And I got to sit here and deal with this crap because these people just constantly want their dogs to meet everybody, you know, and I see it so much. And it's 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 annoying, not just with people, but with dogs. I'm, I'm sorry, not just with dogs, but with people. Not every person gives a flying shit about your dog. I hate to be disrespectful when I say it that way, but I know it personally. Not every person gives a flying fuck about socks and pepper. I have neighbors that when I'm outside and I'm chit-chatting with them, they don't give two shits about socks or pepper. Does that make them bad people? No, I don't care. I love them. They're respectful. They just ignore them. Socks and pepper, ignore them, and everything is fine. I don't go on Facebook and start talking shit. Look at this one. He doesn't even say hello to my dog. Come on, man. Is it really necessary? You know what I mean? 
Some people just don't care. Some people are afraid of dogs. Some people may be in a bad mood. Who knows what's going on? Your dog does not need to meet everybody. Okay. So that's that's part of the 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 the, the concept of having social skills and etiquette and how to meet the dog, you know. You got to teach your dog. You got to teach your dog how to meet another dog. You can't meet a dog excited. That's simple. That's basic 101. You can't meet your dog when your dog's in front of you charging. You can't do that. You're rewarding the wrong state of mind. You're rewarding the wrong behavior. You know what I'm saying? You're taking a chance. You're teaching your dog the wrong shit. Because then you complain when the other dog becomes frustrated and angry and lashes out at your dog. That's because that's how you set it up, okay? There's no need for that. Calm is how you meet. You don't meet face-to-face. You meet butt-to-face, okay? Butt-to-face. So your job is to direct your dog around. You don't want that eye contact. You don't want those eyes locking in with each other. Butt-to-face. Let them smell each other's asses. You know, that's how you do it. Otherwise, but on top of the fact that your dog also is learning that Everybody's ass is up for grabs. It's like you go to a bar and every girl in there is being hit on by the same dude. Like, like, is this like a store that these girls are all available for you? You know what I mean? Not every person wants to meet a dog. Not every person gives a shit about dogs. You know, some people, you may, you know, you may, maybe you're in a, they're in a rush. Whatever the case may be, do your thing. Control your dog. Establish the fact that your dog does not need to meet everybody, okay? Because some dogs just don't want to be bothered, just like some people don't want to be bothered. So why risk it? Because then you're going to label the other dog as an aggressive, you know, aggressive or misbehaved. Your dog started that shit. Don't blame me. That's your fault. I blame your ass, you know? Because, you know, when I'm when I'm out with, with Socks and Pepper on a walk, do I meet other dogs? Absolutely. But I'm not meeting all of them because, again, it's not necessary. But I am also very careful as to who we're meeting because I'm going to look at the situation. I see a dog coming at me, right? And I have a neighbor who's just... Just, oh, please. She has an uncontrollable bulldog on a harness, on a flexi leash that just is just batshit crazy out of control, chasing the feral cats, just just going up the stairs, meeting people at their fucking porch. Just and she's just oh, she's just so friendly. So when I see this coming towards me, now I know this dog is not aggressive, but here's the problem. I'm not just looking out for dogs that are aggressive. I am also looking out for dogs that are misbehaved. Okay. And why am I doing that? It's because just like when you have a child, you don't want your child hanging out with the wrong people, with the wrong clicks. And you also don't want your child picking up bad habits from those kind of misbehaved individuals. Well, the same thing applies to dogs. If I see a dog that's acting like a freaking wild beast, como, como un rajato, I don't want them. I don't want, I don't want to meet them. I don't want my dogs to meet them either because what I am telling my dogs is simple. We do not interact with that kind of crowd, okay? What I'm teaching my dogs is you guys do not behave that way, right? Now, if you're teaching your dog that, because that's what I was doing in the beginning, I was actually putting my dogs in those situations, so this way I would teach them not to do so, 
right? I wanted to let them know that if somebody's acting at a level 10 of excitement or whatever they're doing, you don't copycat that. If a dog's acting aggressive, you don't copycat that. You know what I mean? So I was, I was teaching them that kind of situation. But now that they know that, I just don't want them interacting with that any longer because it's just not necessary. You know, this is the crowd we don't mingle with. Is Am I, am I being a snob about it? I don't know. But the fact of the matter is that I don't want my dogs interacting with those kind of people, with those kind of dogs. I also don't want to get involved with those kind of people because of the fact that I already know, you know, that they are not going to change their ways, you know? And how do I know that? Because I've, most of the time I try, you know, I'm in this business for a reason. So I will try to educate people that I meet, you know, you know this is a situation, you know, because remember, I got socks and pepper that are perfect. They're not going to cause any problems. So I'm, I'm marketing out there. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to walk, I'm going to market. I got my, my, the best business cards in the world. They're my, they're my billboards right here. You know what I mean? This is how dogs should behave in the presence of dogs. This is how dogs should behave in the presence of that kind of energy, right? So this is the reaction, but your dog needs to become like this. And this is how you do it. And, you know, some people are open. Some people don't give a shit. They're just, yeah, we, but he's just so friendly. Oh, she's just, this is just who she is. So, listen, you're, you're not going to change everybody. You know what I'm saying? It's just not going to happen. So, and you go on your merry way and that's that. But again, I make the decision and I make the choice of who I want my dogs to interact with. And once I know that these people are on that side, they're on the undisciplined dog side, I don't really need to have a relationship with them. I don't need my dogs to have a relationship with them. You know what I mean? I don't care. You know, am I being unfriendly? Am I being unsocial? No, I'm just understanding that, you know, not everybody's going to get along with everybody, human and dogs and dogs and dogs and dogs, human and humans. It's just not going to happen. So why am I going to subject them to that kind of misbehavior when this dog is jumping on top of them and trying to, you know, annoy them and trying to hump them and shit? This, it's just not necessary. I'm going to go on my merry way. And that's that, you know, and that's what I recommend to people is you don't need to meet everybody. You know, you can don't be afraid to refuse a meeting. You know, if you see that it's a problem and you put your dog in the situation and then something happens, it's on you because you made the choice to take on that meeting. If you see a, if you see a hundred pound dog being dragged in your direction on a harness, on a flexi leash and your dumb ass says, yeah, let's meet. And then there's a fight that breaks out or something happens, whatever the case may be, that's on you. You allowed that, you know, you made a decision. You could step to the side, let them walk by. If you're in that kind of situation, the example I just gave, do I condone? Do I want to cross the street? No. And I very rarely do that because, you know, it's sending a message to my dogs. But if I'm, again, if we're on a flexi leash with that kind of situation where that dog is like 20 feet in front of the owner and I'm that owner has got no control of any kind, shape or form, I'm going to cross the street because I just don't want to deal with that. That's not going to happen. You know, I'm going to cross the street and I go on my merry way. Okay. And that's what I recommend to my clients to do is it's okay to refuse a meeting. It's okay to avoid a meeting, you know, especially when you recognize that the other dog is misbehaving. And especially when you recognize that the other owner has no control. Big or small, it makes no difference. Also, when it comes to you know, you know, having dogs that um, are, are 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 pillars of society that are you know, having a dog is like a loaded gun. Whether they're big or small, it's like having a loaded gun because you know they could bite, they could scratch, anything can happen. Even if it's a friendly dog, 
an excitable dog that just gets excited and runs around the, you know, the couch or whatever, jumps on somebody, they're drinking a cup of coffee, spills on them. You know, they scratch the, the arm, they're holding a baby, scratch the baby, you know, whatever the case may be, there's still a danger in a way, right? So, you know, we have to understand that when we have a dog, we have to be responsible and make them not, you know, um, a danger to, to humans or other animals. So I hear this a lot where, you know, well, this is my house and this is my dog's house. And, you know, if you don't like it, then you don't have to come in. Okay. Well, guess what? I ain't coming in, you know, because you have to be respectful of the fact that if your dog can potentially harm others and you are not doing anything to, to, to change that, that's not, that's not acceptable. That's, that's very, 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 very wrong. You know, your job is to make sure that your dog is safe and also a people and other animals are safe around your dog. It's basic. You know, if you allow your dog to, you know, if you have a process, cause I hear this, I hear this often where people have a process when others come into their house with their dogs, like this is what they need people to do. No touch, no talk, no eye contact, no hands, no mouth, no eyes. That's basic, right? That's what we should do, do in general. But then there's a procedure where you have to, you know, stick your hand out. It's a, you have to give them a piece of sausage and and then you have to do the, the dance. And it's like this whole ritual just for me to come in and sit on the couch. Okay. And then it's, if you have to get up, you have to tell me, write me an email, and then what? Well, this is what we have to do. You want to make sure that you put your right arm up, and then you shake your ass like this, and then, come on, man, seriously? Listen, I'm not coming to visit your ass. I'm not doing it. If this is the kind of household that you have, I don't want to come into it. And anybody that does they're putting their life on, 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 on the line. They're putting their life in their own hands. We need to make sure that our dogs are not going to harm anybody. And it's your job to make sure of that. It's not your job to make excuses. Well, it's his house and he could do whatever he wants. Yeah, well, that's the reason why he's doing this is because you said that. Make this his house. That's what you get, you know? Dogs are loaded guns. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, pit bulls have such a bad reputation you know, I got one and there he is up there. The big, the big black guy right there. Where is he right there? That's my boy, Soxter, you know, 75 pounds of solid muscle. That's a danger. That's a loaded gun right there, man. So I have to make sure that he is not a danger to people or the dogs, you know, or other animals in general, no dangers at all. But that's, that's the reason why these guys get a bad reputation is because people don't understand that they have to ensure that that's the case. So your responsibility, like we're talking about responsibility here, is to teach him that's not acceptable. You know, if somebody is afraid of pit bulls, and it does happen to me, listen, remember, I was afraid of dogs until I was 28 years old. I was completely against pit bulls and Rottweilers, you know, even further than that, you know, close to 40. But, the, you know, I would never go to, you know, up until like, until I became, you know, which was around like, you know, like, upper thirties, you know, 37, 38, something like that. Um, I would never go near a pit. I used to cross the street. If I ever saw a pit bull, Are you kidding me? Jesus Christ. I would shit myself if I saw a pit bull or a Rottweiler. So I understand people are intimidated by it or by him. 
because they just don't know and it's just they're 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 seeing stuff but once you get to know him specifically your opinion changes because his personality wins you over however you know when i bring somebody into my house it's not a process like i'm not going to go into this procedure to avoid him biting somebody your responsibility is to do so and either you get help from a professional to learn how to fix that or if somebody wants to come into your home just put him away you know well i don't want to put him away he's a member of the family okay well then deal with the consequences you know what i'm saying it, it's that simple having a dog is, is responsibility when you have a pit bull like when i when i adopted socks you know i was in the process of learning about the dog stuff so you know i really wasn't too knowledgeable but i also knew that based on what i had learned from caesar milan about pit bulls and about dog psychology in general the one thing that i had to do was i wanted to make him a therapy dog you know peanut was a therapy dog and so I already knew about the therapy dog situation, you know, the, the process of the therapy dog and the benefits of being a therapy dog. So I knew when socks was, you know, when I had that, you know, before socks arrived, I knew when I got my pit bull, I was going to make him a therapy dog just to show the world what a true pit bull who is happy, fulfilled and well-behaved that has received everything that they need and want can be, you know, and that was my goal. And that's what we did. In fact, yes, he became a therapy dog and that's, that's how it is, you know? So I wanted to make sure that he was the symbol of what a dog, a pit bull can be with the true leadership, with true direction, bounds, and limits and what they are supposed to be. You know, he's not a danger to anybody or anything. He's not a danger to himself either. You know, anybody that thinks that he's going to be aggressive is just ridiculous. You know, and so I'm, I, you know, if somebody's afraid of him, I'm not going to put him away because they're afraid, but I am going to be, have him be respectful of those people, which he's going to be respectful of those people to begin with, because that's what I taught him. That's what I taught Pepper, you know, that they need to be respectful. They have, they need to have social skills. They need to have proper etiquette. They need to have manners, you know? So it's not about protecting them from him. It's about just letting them know how you deal with with people and other dogs and other animals that's how it works so that's my job that's my responsibility as a responsible you know dog owner it's that simple okay so yeah that's that's kind of like uh that's important you know like i said dogs are, are a loaded gun you know regardless of the breed regardless of you know you have like a little bitty dog that's gonna you know cause some shit you know, and then he causes, you know, he goes after like a bigger dog. It's a shit show, you know, it's our job, you know what I mean? So let's talk about the power of why for a second. I know I went on a little long with about the responsibility, but I think it's important to understand that, um, uh, you know, to talk about the responsibility on your dog beyond just the basic responsibility of just feeding them and taking them to the bathroom and teaching them the stupid little, you know, sit, stay, lay down tricks. Uh, anyway, so yeah, it goes far beyond that. So uh, let's talk about the power of why. What what is the what is important about the power of why? You know, I was going through a little bit of a of a of a situation today. I was just a little I was a little down about about um about the, a podcast. I did the podcast about about Peanut, and it didn't really get as much views as as I was hoping. Um, so I was a little I was a little upset about that, but. What I what I was what I was looking through is like all the other podcasts, and then my brain just starts overthinking. You know, I tend to do that quite a bit as I start to 
to overthink and I start to, you know, just start to, you know, dwell on, on, on negativity and, you know, whatever. So I went, when I, when that happens, I go back to basics. And what I mean is go back to basics is why do I want to do something to begin with? Right. So when I first started doing, let's talk about the podcast since we're talking about the podcast here. So when I first decided to do the podcast, obviously the main reason why I wanted to do it was not to get views. It was meant to teach, inspire, and entertain. That's it. You know, and I started losing track of that. I started looking at the, the result of the podcast, which I can't control. You know, I can't control how people perceive it. I can't control how people see it. And I can't even control if people see it. What I can control is just me doing it because of why I wanted to do it, which again is to teach, inspire, and entertain. Am I going to change millions of lives with it? Are people going to, you know, learn? A million people going to learn something? I don't know. Doesn't matter. If one person does, no people do. The point of it is just keep doing it because you never know. I never know at some point who or when or how or why somebody's just going to have a light bulb go off. So I need to focus on what I can control. And what I can control when it comes to the podcast is TIE, T-I-E, teach, inspire, and entertain. So that's all I'm going to do. And, you know, going back to basics, that's kind of like what got me out of that mentality of focusing in on why I'm doing this. You know, why do I want to teach people about dogs is because it helps dogs, number one, but guess what? It also helps people. You know, this is about human psychology just as much as 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 dog psychology. People need to be feeling confident. They need to be feeling supported. They need to be feeling happy. They need to be feeling self-reliant, you know, in order to provide what it is that they that their dogs require. If they don't feel uh, good emotions, their their dogs are gonna suffer from that. So um when I, when I first started doing this, this, this job with working with dogs, you know, I was having fun with it, you know, being a financial advisor for 16 years, you know, I was miserable doing it. But then when I was doing this thing with the dogs, it was a hobby and the hobby took over my life and, you know, doing this, starting off a couple of hours on a Saturday to when I was doing this seven days a week, pretty much all day long. And it was, again, it was just a hobby. There was no money involved. It was just what I enjoyed doing. I enjoyed working with dogs. I enjoyed teaching people about dogs. That's what I loved. And then at some point, I, re, I, re, I, was, I realized why I was doing that. It was because I enjoyed teaching people and I enjoyed working with dogs. That's why I did it. Then we fast forward and this became a career. And now all of a sudden, the job became a job. And, you know, it, it, I was doing it for, for personal gain at that point. It wasn't uh, for the purpose of it anymore. And so the job, when it became a job, it just wasn't fun, you know, because when a job, when something becomes a job, it becomes a chore, becomes a task. It's not fun anymore. It's not, it's not, you're, you're losing your purpose. You're losing your why, why you're doing it to begin with. So again, go back to basics and, you know, um, I, I, I've learned some, I, I remember hearing something from, um, I think it was Mark Twain. And he said, the most important day of your life is a day you were, the two most important days of your life is, are the days you were born and um, the day you find out why, right? And that was inspiration. It's so inspirational to me is because it took me a while to for me to find out why. 
And my why I was born is to teach, inspire, and entertain. That's really what I'm here for, you know, and it's not just about the dogs. It's about humans. You know, that's why I incorporate the three is because we teach about dogs. We inspire the people and we entertain at the same time just because I'm a goofball. And, uh, you know, there you go. So, um, you know, why, why I was born was for, for that purpose, you know, and that you could do that for everybody. You know, anybody can do that, you know, as long as they find out their why most people do something uh, for money. Right. And so what I ask is then why do you want money? Like, what's your why? Is it just because you want money so you could buy stuff? Is it because you could go on Facebook and show off all your shit? Why do you want money? You know, and um, there, there's a why behind it. So I was actually uh, flipping through, and let me just get this out here because I, you know, there was a lot of information. But I, I was reading up on Keanu Reeves, and um, there was a little bit of an article about Keanu Reeves, and I was just reading up about his life, which I had no idea about, and. You know, Keanu Reeves was never like a favorite actor of mine, but he became one of my favorite actors because of his one movie, uh, John Wick. And if you haven't seen John Wick, well, they highly recommend you see it because um, I really didn't know. You know, John Wick had been out for a long time, but I never bothered to see it. And then all of a sudden I, re- I found out that the basic premise of the movie, John Wick, the first one, is that this guy, John Wick, Keanu Reeves character, goes out on a revenge spree killing people simply because they killed his dog. How fucking cool is that? Like, that was just awesome. And that has become one of my top five movies of all time. Not just because of that reason, but just because the movie is just awesome. All three of them, the ones that, you know, one, two, and three have come out. Just freaking awesome. Awesome movies. But the first one, especially, is for that reason alone. So, you know, Keanu Reeves with all his other movies and stuff. I mean, this one really just, you know, you know, hit me in the heart for, you know, for that exact reason. So I was reading about, excuse me, I was reading about his life. And, you know, uh, he was abandoned by his father uh, when he was three years old. He grew up with three different stepfathers. He's dyslexic. You know, he had a dream of becoming a hockey player, and uh, it was shattered by having by, from a serious accident. His daughter died at birth. His wife died in a car accident. His best friend, River Phoenix, died of an overdose, and his sister has leukemia. That's, that's pretty deep, you know what I mean? But um, it also says that, you know, with all the stuff that's been happening, he always does stuff for others. And I had heard about that, but I never knew to like what extent. But like it says on one movie that he was doing, he heard uh, somebody who was working on the movie that they were, you know, crying about the fact that they were about to lose their house uh, if they didn't pay $20,000. And Keanu Reeves deposited the money in their account to save the house. You know, um, he also, for the Matrix movies, you know, he donated more than $50 million to the staff of the movie that handled the costumes and the special effects because he said they were the true heroes of the trilogy. You know, um, that's what he called them. He also gave Harley Davidson motorcycles to each of the stunt doubles, several million dollars of expenses. And also for almost all of his successful movies, and he's had a, quite a few, he's given over 90% of his salaries to hospitals and um, to hire assistants and production and, and staff, you know, to make the movies even better. But he's donated millions upon millions of dollars to um, to hospitals, children's events. You know, he was seen once walking with the homeless guy in L.A., just talking to him about life or whatever. 
you know, he, you never hear from him about like what he does, all this, all this stuff that he does. I mean, I have seen pictures of him on the subway trains in New York city and, you know, you never hear him doing all this stuff. Like I had no idea about, you know, his past history or like how much good he's doing, but I mean, this guy's a superstar, you know, and he's just like a normal guy and he's just doing it for others, you know, and that's his why I think is, is he, he's doing all these, this stuff for to help other people that's pretty pretty impressive man i mean that's that's pretty freaking impressive that that a person at that level would be so kind and caring and you know that's just amazing to me you know so um it just really hit home as far as like when we talk about like the power of why and why we do things you know because even from like myself whether it's the podcast or whether it's just regular training sessions or a virtual program or, you know, dog walking workshops or whatever it is that, that we got going on, you know, I always would go back to, to, to what Mark Twain had said, which was, you know, the most important day is the day, the most important day of your life is the day you were born. And then the two most important days of your life, are the day you were born and the day uh, you find out why. And I have to, um, me personally, I have to remember that because sometimes I get a little carried away with stuff you know, we, I focus too much on the end result. You know, I focus too much on looking ahead, overthinking, overanalyzing, you know, and I have to just stick with what I can control. And what I can control is my why. Why do I want to do this? You know, what is my reasoning for doing this? Why am I doing this podcast? You know, talk to myself. Why do I do that? It's because I really want to share my knowledge, my experiences with, with people, you know, I really want them to understand that you're not alone. You know, we've all been through shit, you know, in, in the, in, in the depths of hell, you know, I've had people that have helped me. Of course I have God that has always, you know, protected me and guided me and got me out of the dumps and out of the, the mud. Um, even when it was like, you know, I was drowning in it and it was up to my nose for no, no, so it, I could see. Um, maybe that's why I have such a big ass nose. I don't know, but, um, um, you know, that's my, why, why do I care about teaching people about dogs is because I know that with the system that, that I employ to do so it's helpful to people just as much as it's helpful to dogs. There's so many cases of people that feel hopeless, you know, not just with their dogs, but with themselves. Because they'll feel hopeless with their dogs. They don't know what to do, right? They're, they feel lost. They've worked with people, other professionals, and they've got nowhere and no results. And now all of a sudden, I got to return this, this dog who I love so much. Or worse yet, I got to put them down. You know, people who are struggling personally that can't, um, you know, that can't do what's necessary for their dogs because they're so weak and unstable themselves that their dog knows this. And, you know, there, there's, they're not, um, they're not able to, to, to support their dogs. They're not able to, to care for their dogs from, from an emotional standpoint. So those dogs are suffering, you know, I mean, how many people are depressed and they don't even want to take their dogs out for a walk, you know? Um, and I know that firsthand, but even to go to the bathroom, you just don't want to do it. And that's the human side of it. And the dog is suffering from that. But again, 
how many people are in that situation. I mean, I just this week alone can tell two clients, two sessions where both of those occasions happened. One of them, which was a dog that was about to get put down after working with countless professionals. And another one who, um, you know, was just so depressed. Actually, while we were on the session, she started crying and, you know, we got emotional and, and, you know, we talked about, it wasn't even dog related, but it was so helpful because you could see her light up afterwards and feeling powerful and strong. So this job is not about dogs. This job is about making better people who can then make better dogs happy. I'm sorry, make dogs happy, fulfilled and well-behaved, you know, because really my job is to make people happy fulfilled and successful. That's really what I'm, 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 I'm focusing on because then they will make their dogs happy, fulfilled and well-behaved. And the circle is complete. You know, the circle is complete. That's why I like the new logo that we have for the company. I wanted to, you know, put socks in the middle of it on the chest and you can see it with like the Superman look, the opening the chest and you see the circle. I wanted it to be a circle because that's what this is about. It's about a circle, you know, humans take care of dogs, Dogs take care of humans. And oftentimes the dog is the vessel that we use to improve a human. And then the human takes care of the dog. So again, it's the circle thing, you know, because your dog is looking for support from you and guidance from you. But who do you have for guidance? Who do you have for support? I am here for that. That's my job. You know, that's what I'm here for. So that's that's the point of it is to why the why I do this, why I want to do this, why do I care about this so much is because I've all my life I've always wanted to be a superhero. I've always wanted to save people and help people. And I finally have that chance. You know, it's not about the dogs. Everybody, like, you know, you see like everybody who's involved with dogs, it just it's all about the dogs. But when do we focus on the ones that care for the dogs? You know, you could teach your about people about dogs all you want, but if they're not mentally strong, confident, then it's useless. It's just useless. Everybody wants a well-trained dog with the tricks and the treats and all that bullshit. It, it's not, that's not what it's about. It's not what it's about. A dog human is a relationship, you know, and in order for a relate, if you have a, like, a, you know, a couple, both parties have to be, have to be in, in, you know, supporting each other. You know, if one's weak and the other one's strong, then the relationship's off balance. So this is the same thing is dogs need to be strong. Human needs to be strong. This way it's in balance and you're supporting each other. You know, you when you have, when you're down in the dumps, your dog's going to take care of you. When your dog's struggling, you're going to take care of it. I mean, it's just, it's just that simple. So my, my focus, and again, my why is to empower humans, not just to teach them about dogs. That stuff is easy. Unfortunately, there's some people that just don't want to be bothered. Like we were talking about before about, you know, being a responsible dog owner. Some people don't want to, you know, be bothered. They just don't give a shit. They just, whatever. Is that a dog person that is um, weak? No, that's just a person who's stupid. So, you know, I, you can't, I can't, I don't really choose to work with people that are stupid because I just don't want to let them go to someplace else, work with their treats and, and, and with their stupid stuff and thinking like they're accomplishing something. It's not what I do, you know, and I'm okay with that. You know, I know where my niche is. I know why, why I want to do this. I know what my, re, my reasoning behind it is. And I know the value I bring to the table. And if you're not looking for that value, go elsewhere. It's okay. I don't mind. I'd rather work with people that are looking to get what it is that I bring to the table as opposed to any, anything else. You know, I don't, 
se tu vas manchar o manchar chinese if you want chinese food don't go to an italian restaurant you know what i'm saying if you're looking for 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 you know roast pork roast pork lo mein can't even talk cuz actually i really love roast pork lo mein mm. chinese food's actually really good i haven't had good chinese food in a long time but i think it would do chinese spare ribs mm. yeah that's good shit um but if you're looking for that don't go to a place that their specialty is is lasagna you know what i'm saying we don't serve that we don't do that this is what you get you know you get a guy that will have your back as long as you understand that there's more than just tricks and obedience commands that is not a relationship with your dog that is just ridiculously stupid stuff why i do this is to empower humans psychologically emotionally that's why i do it and then i teach them about dogs the real stuff about dogs no i'm acusumancha the key so far let me put you and say hello good boy good you to come va 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 fan culo there's more to that a lot more so this way we make our dogs happy fulfilled and well behaved you know what i mean we're catering to the dogs we're saving their lives we're making them psychologically healthy you know what i'm saying okay it's that's it's really that that simple so look at your why and be you know be specific as to why you want something why you want to do something ask that question and dig deep you don't have to answer it immediately dig deep you know look for it and until you figure out why you want to do something why you want something you know if you keep digging eventually you'll find it you know it took me 40 years to figure it out but even afterwards it took me like a few years after that to realize my niche at first it was just working with the dogs that was my my calling But then all of a sudden I realized the real calling what God really wants me to do. Not just about dogs, it's about people too. You know, so we're saving both species, humans and dogs. It's pretty big shit, you know what I'm saying? So don't super at all, girl. <laughs> you know, like Keanu Reeves, I mean, you know, he does things that just are amazing. You know, I mean, I'm just I have so much respect for that guy, not just for the, for the for the John Wick, but I just he's become one of my favorite actors just because of the kind of person that he is. You know, not to mention the John Wick movie is just, you know, got to watch it. That that mm, really good. But you know, anyway, but that's that's kind of like my summary there. So that's a little bit about my life. You guys have any questions on any of this stuff? Let me know. You want to talk further? You want me to come up with any topics? I'm here. You want support? I'm here. You want guidance? I'm here for you, human wise, you dog wise. I got your back. So, any questions, any comments, please let me know. I am Pat the Pac-Man. This is Barking for Balance. Catch you next time.